0: And welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Exinterium. It's me, your boy, Eli, and I'm back with good old Joe and Daniel. He's back! Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? He's like, Joe's like, we're not doing this now. Not today.
1: I had a long day. (laughs) No, 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 not today. Not today. No, I don't think the kids today today, we understand the reference
0: either way. I (laughs) was (laughs) going to say we're talking about scary movie, then Joey will do it.
1: I mean, yeah, it's whatever. It's it's whatever. Yeah. yeah but we're here to talk about something important. Yeah, we, are, we, are, we are talking about, wait, to me? Yeah, specifically to you.
0: Specifically to me. If you can clearly tell what's on with my background and other stuff that probably is not, is probably cropped out because of the the webcam that we have. And uh, a little, in, here, I'll bring them out later. But anyways, yes. Um, If you know, if you guys know, maybe you guys don't know, maybe you guys do know. Um, I am a huge, 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 huge mobile suit Gundam fan. And just recently, they've announced the director for the live action uh, Gundam movie that is going to be hitting Netflix sometime in the future. I don't know who. Uh, the director is, I am going to butcher his name, so I'm not going to try it. But he, I will say that he, have you guys ever seen Kong's Call Island? that's the guy who's doing who's directing the movie. Um and so what made me realize is that hey we can, you know, talk a little bit about this. You can see how um how this goes, how it's all gonna, you know, play out. Because one and we've talked about this before, this is literally the first episode with Kelvin. We talked about how live action anime has not had a good rap. No. No.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we, while we didn't discuss it, we, I'm pretty sure we've taught we have mentioned that the live-action Death Note, which is a Netflix original,
1: was not that good. Well, I, even yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, it, I think it was big, bad. But the only positive was uh, Willem Dafoe as uh Ryuk. Yeah. The the Death Note.
2: Detail. Yeah, like that yeah. was a perfect casting right there.
1: Oh yes, it was. Yeah. Weirdly enough, uh, not to get too off topic, but I think the director of the live-action Death Note did uh, Godzilla Delivers Kong. I think he was the director for that. Bullshit. I, I will uh-uh. look this up. I will look this up just in case. I, I gotta I, look
2: this up right now.
1: <laughs> I, I like. I think. I, I think I've heard through the grapevine. I could be like wrong. You know. Yeah, yeah. Look that up because that that's like we need to confirm that. Like maybe you know, like you know, and this might help contribute a little bit to, uh, I, yeah, he is. What? Yeah, and he wants to do a thunder. Holy
2: shit, you. he is!
0: Oh yeah. my god! Yeah,
1: yeah. Sorry, so does this redeem him? A little bit, yes. But I feel like the main issues with the Death Note movie, uh, still you know, are still, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it wasn't necessarily the director, but it may have been the forces surrounding the, the adaptation. But I mean, anyways. I mean,
0: like just, just, to, just to end off on that note, I think, in theory, the death of the movie could have worked, but it was just, there was too much going on.
1: Yeah. But uh, anyways, continue on. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, got his name, Jordan Vaught yeah. Va- Va- Roberts, who, um I, I forgot to tell this, I don't know if I told this Dan but he's also the one who uh, said he's going to do the Middle Gear Solid movie. Brain, with yeah, Oscar true. Isaac as Snake. So, this guy really has some sense on yeah. it. You know, main main thing to talk about, though, is that this has been announced. Um, we thought it would be another cool discussion about live-action anime because, let's face it, Hollywood will not stop.
1: No, I mean, listen, if there's a market for it, you know, Hollywood will do its best to, like, you know, try to make uh, some money off of it, right? yeah. They're, they're,
2: like, I think, you yeah. know, and if they, they wasted money getting their rights to it, they would just, you know, find a way to force it out, regardless of the quality.
1: Yeah. Also true. Like, I mean, you gotta, once you pay for those rights, man, you gotta figure out how to make that money back somehow, mm-hmm. especially oh, yeah. with the property, with like a property that's, you know, that can make a lot of money mm-hmm. right yeah that's true yeah like
2: again like back when we were discussing about dragon ball evolution like uh it's been a while it uh, popularity like went downward a bit because of naruto and the other shows so they were kind of rushing and you know, trying to make it to the market before it's all gone
0: yeah i was gonna say that too is this that um it's i feel like right now and there's been a huge resurgence of anime like there's people who are like talking about anime I'm like wait you're, you watch anime didn't you make fun of me for watching Naruto when I was, like, in middle school, Kevin? Looking straight? down no, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> no, but, uh, it's, I feel like I, since that's been on the rise, people are like, all right, let's get let's get this anime thing back up going, that kind of stuff. Because this is not the first time Netflix has announced something like this. But, um, to, to continue on. I think uh, one thing we got to, I gotta, you know, talk about is, um, this interesting news is that Jordan Vaught Roberts is yeah he's a director. Director's Kong, Kong's Island. This is like his fourth or
1: fifth film, so he's still pretty new. I mean, yeah, but it seems to be sort of a a thing that's been happening a little bit in Hollywood, uh, where we get uh, directors that do like one or two indie films before a Hollywood studio sort of picks them up to like bring them in for like a big project. Because I think Gareth Edwards was in like a very similar situation where I think mm-hmm. he only had like one or two movies that he did before being brought in to do the 2014 Godzilla film. Uh, and, you know, there's, like, other things like that. I think other uh, instances of this sort of happening. So mm-hmm. it's not that surprising that this is sort of, like, kind of like, okay, you know, he did a, you know, you know, the director's done a good job on Kung Island, right? Let's see if we can hand him this other sort of big blockbuster-esque uh, movie that has some you know weight and care and uh, and uh, history behind it mm-hmm. and see if they can like pull it off or whatever
0: yeah and uh, okay so coming from a fan right coming from a fan um, I'm gonna say this one very excited to see this movie in the big screen I would love the, I love the idea of more people getting into Gundam more people checking out um, not excited it's on Netflix the live action anime trend has been not well, not well at all. There's only like at least one, maybe three exceptions, but they've mostly been like, not very good. When, when, when you can still hear live action anime and the first thing that pops into your mind is Dragon Ball Evolution, that tells you that, you know, we, it's still kind of unforgettable. And hearing, John, I guess I'm going to forget this man's name. I keep pulling it up. Jordan Vaught-Roberts being announced to do it. Gives me a little set of hope because like, I feel like Kong Skull Island was probably one of the better movies from the MonsterVerse. Mm-hmm. A lot of people started number one. But also hearing that Brian K. Vaughn, who is a well-respected comic book writer in, in, his, in his domain. He's written stuff like Why the Last Man. He's currently writing Saga, which is this big sprawling space opera epic. Mm-hmm. So he can he can do it. I'm not denying that. But I'm every time I hear news about it, I'm always hearing something like miss go like maybe maybe this could be it. Maybe just 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 maybe. Just maybe. And then I hear stuff like live action. And then there's freaking Netflix and I'm like, okay, oh, man, I'm just I don't know about this anymore. But, you know, it's it's I'm I am constantly optimistic, but um that's my thoughts on the announcements. Um, what are your guys thoughts? Uh, before I go to <laughs> give it to you guys, uh, Brian cave Vaughn and, um, Jordan Roberts are apparently also executive producers. So they do have a little bit of control. Joy, I'll let you explain that.
1: Well, I mean, uh, just the producing roles are usually generally sort of, uh, they sort of handle a lot of like, not just creative, but also just monetary, like handling a lot of the budget stuff involved. Uh, I mean, producers. uh, I I, there's like two types of producers: producers who essentially sort of help rein in a a director, in a sense. Like, I I think my popular example when it comes to this is Steven Spielberg. He produces a lot of shit, like a lot of stuff. Like, he was the executive producer for the Transformers movies, and you can kind of see his like, like him like reining Michael Bay in for the first one, especially if you've seen the old trailers for the Transformers movies, like. The first like teaser trailer was that rover on Mars and they see like this weird mysterious giant thing on Mars that attacks the rover which is very sort of Spielberg like, you know, like hiding the main thing until like the big reveal like in Jaws and in, in Jurassic Park and stuff like that. But then he switches to the other type of producer when the uh, when the sequels come in where it's like, "Yeah, sure, I'll put my name on it. Uh I'll uh, you know, uh, make sure you don't go over budget and uh, just call me if you need anything." Right. So th- those are like the two types of producers that I think uh, sort of happen. Like they're like, okay, I'm fully invested. I'm helping like put in some creative ideas here and there. Or it's like, here's some money, deal with it, just make it, make it good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yep. I'll, and I'll, I'll, and I'll like come in every na- day making sure you're not fucking it up or whatever. So I mean, the fact that the, the, the director and I guess the writer are have producing credits is, uh, in not, I mean, it's not like, uh, unheard of because i think Zack snyder and like various other directors have had like producing greats on their own movies uh so i mean i think it'll just at least i guess help out in terms of like okay so these two w- probably will work out some sort of vision for their uh for this film and they will have a better shot at like doing that instead of having like a third-party producer just sort of wandering in the background
0: Mm -hmm. daniel how do you feel about this big announcement
1: uh i mean
2: i'm not a i'm not as big as a fan like you are but like uh i might see some potential in this if i'm being honest because uh the director let's see going back uh he's he's going to direct uh, better gear solid and uh if i remember correctly i believe he said he was speaking with uh with Hideo Kojima himself to make sure, like he gets everything right about the Metal Gear movie, make sure he doesn't butcher it or anything else like that. Because uh, not only is he speaking to you know like a creator, he's also speaking to another movie buff, so he would probably get the best input from Kojima on how to make a Metal Gear movie. So like mm-hmm. knowing him, he probably wants to you know follow the source material like as closely as he can, just as much as he wants to with Metal Gear, uh, with the Metal Gear series. But uh, for Gundam in this in- uh in this instance. Uh, the only thing I see it probably holding it back is again, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, a Netflix exclusive because uh, we've seen Disney Plus. I mean, they have a lot of money. They, they can afford to make all these giant, you know, high budget, you know, shows and movies for, the, uh, for its service. But with Netflix, uh, it was just its own thing. It just had to like it didn't it's not as big like, you know, DreamWorks or any other, you know, studio out there. So I don't imagine it being that big. You know, being as big or anything mm-hmm. like that, and uh, I, I probably could see I could probably see it working too because uh, I don't know, like uh, we have seen like I mean we all seen Pacific Rim, right?
0: Yeah, I, I enjoyed the first. Yes, yeah, so, it's one of my favorite movies.
2: Yeah, we, we don't speak about the second one, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, like it's pretty much dad just make sure it's in space, like put in like about you know war, you know giant robots fighting each other, but. That's about mm-hmm. it. But yeah, like the most important thing is you know making sure you get the the story right and the characters right.
0: I mean, I, lo- I like how you brought up the whole Metal Gear Solid because like when he was first announced to be on the project, I re- I looked up his uh, John uh, John Roberts uh, interview with Collider, and in there, dude, he is gushing like he is gushing like like like, like no tomorrow. Over Metal Gear, mm-hmm. like he he is he's showing so much respect to the source material and how he wants to like capture this sort of anime feel to it, and also but also like honor like the idea of the source material. And he was like, yeah, Metal Gear, the Metal Gear series is a super complex story, like it oh, is, <laughs> it is too much for a movie. So he's like, you got to find that like right balance in order to introduce it to people who, like, who love the series. He's, he's talking about, like, like, if you can get people who love the series to love the movie, then you'll get the people who've never seen it to love it as well. And mm-hmm. I and I completely agree with that. Like, I could can, I can introduce you to something that I love and, like, explain to, and show you how much I love something like that, and then, like, you would get it. And it also helps that, like, I, I did some research on the guy – by research, I mean I just hit a follow on his Twitter. Dude, he's a big ass anime nerd. <laughs> like, like he he is nerdy as fuck, and I, I'm like he's one of us. So he, uh, I can imagine him trying to make sure that, you know, this is done proper. So that's a good thing. Um, now this also goes into my next question for the for for this episode. Um, knowing that, knowing um. Jordan Roberts' track record, and then also Brian K. Vaughn as a writer, if you've ever read any of his stories, do you feel much more, like, much, do you feel more confident in, in, in this as a, as a thing? And we'll talk about the Netflix thing as, as we go along.
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I enjoyed Kong Skull Island, and, uh, I mean, I don't think... I think there's, he has the potential of pulling this off. I haven't, you know, uh, seen any. I guess read any of the uh, writer's, uh, you know, comics or and stuff. So I, I don't know. I I uh, I, I, don't, I guess I don't. I can't form an opinion on that. But at least hearing that he's very well praised in, in within the comic community, uh, I, I probably would say it'll be interesting. Right? I, I, mm-hmm. It gives me like confidence that like okay, we have. Creative people on here, and not a bunch of, uh, I guess, hacks, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have people that certainly have a creative vision going on. That that you know are, are willing to put are willing to putting the effort to uh, create a, a good product.
0: Mm.
1: Dale, yeah,
2: I'm not that familiar with uh with the writer stuff. Um, it's probably just going to be Kong Skull Island, which I did enjoy a lot and mm-hmm. uh hopefully like uh hopefully knows what going is. miss it's not just a bunch of robots fighting each other in space uh, there's a deep and complex story within the uh the franchise uh in each series itself so hopefully like he yeah, understands not like you know boom boom robot you know beat him up you know there's actually like some shit going on in the mm-hmm. actual story
0: yeah no i um i agree as being someone who actually you know knows both um because a while back i read um one of brian k vaughn's books uh, why the last man this is an interesting story about um basically disease kills all the men in on earth and only the women except there's only one man left that's why it's called the last man it and it's just like society it's just like breaking down society you know with without men and it's basically that that's centered on the whole thing there's a lot of character development and i even read some of his like real short stories like I just can't remember the t- the off the top of my head what was the name of it. But it was based on like, it's a story about some lions that were in Baghdad that escaped, and like it's really short and like straightforward, but it really it really captures like character and tragedy and all that stuff. Because like, spoilers for the book, um, I think it was called The Lions of Baghdad or something like that. Um, the the lions all die at the end. <laughs> like and, like the mom, the dad. Well, One female lion and the baby—they all get shot down by some U.S. Army troops. So he's gonna—that's he, why I'm saying—that's why I feel like I, I feel more confident because, like, you're right, Daniel. The story of Gundam can be complex. It's a—it's a war story. It's like, you know, a battle of independence or uh, fighting an insurrection, and like it's told through both sides. You feel, um. Bad for some of the characters on both sides, that you you could have been like it's it's you know that usual trend thing about like that, that's like um that, the usual trope that you see a line it's kind of annoying the whole um you know in another life we could have been friends kind of thing mm-hmm. it's like I don't want to yeah. kill you but you know in another life you know we could have been friends this one actually most of the time in Gundam they really do a good job of something like that we're like you know. These two guys, you know, and sometimes they never really talk, but like, so, but it's like, situation, you know, circumstances have made them go against each other. When in reality, you know, they're not that different. Mm-hmm. And Joey, you know, you've you've seen Gundam.
1: Yeah, no, I've watched some
0: Gundams. Now, they, now, Daniel, I don't know how how much Gundam how much Gundam you've seen, but um, Joey, you know, um, the story of Omar and Shaw, right? Yeah, where they start off as enemies and then later on they kind of like become good friends associates they both have the same kind of goal and only for them to eventually turn on each other and what and another and have another big fight
1: yeah it, it's definitely it's like it's it's a quintess it's one of the quintessential anime rivalries you know it's up there with uh naruto and sasuke and and other, and other Vegeta and Goku, you know, it's just that constant struggle against people who, I think it's it's on a deeper level too, because obviously like these people, like Amaro and Shah obviously have tried to kill each other on multiple occasions because mm. they're just they, they they each have their own sort of like goals, and in in an ideal world, that they would be able to work together, but because of ver- the various circumstances, it's sort of like they're just put on different sides of the of the conflict, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah, and like. I feel like that's what what's and I feel like, you know, Brian K. Vaughn is who's able to write something like he's, he, I feel like he can write that, especially he's really good with writing with characters. So that's like why I'm kind of that's why I'm that's why I'm saying I'm like excited for not only this cool visual director like Jordan Ronald Roberts who made Kong Skull Island, which again one of the best looking movies out of the Monsterverse. Mm-hmm. And the writing of Brian K. Vaughn, I'm I'm excited. But now that brings into the question. That it's gonna be on Netflix, yeah. <laughs> Which uh, we just, like we said earlier, you know, live action Netflix. Whether now, I believe Netflix is a distributor of the film. Like it's still gonna be under Legendary, and they're still gonna be the ones giving the money. But it's still gonna come out on Netflix. So whatever, it's, um, however that comes out, whether they hey, Netflix gives them money as well, or just only distributing on Netflix how do you feel that's going to affect the movie at, in general
1: uh, i don't know like i think there was what was it a robert de niro movie the irishman i think yeah. it was called that was also wasn't that made by uh, i think it was made by a st- another studio but they distributed it on netflix i think mm-hmm. and uh, i mean I, I think that movie got a lot of great reviews and stuff so i mean i don't know i guess it, it I feel like if it's one of those cases, right, where it's more so of uh, Netflix is just the distributing platform rather than just the like uh, another like I guess creative uh, entity putting inputting into the uh, into the movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I think we should, It's more of a Ken legendary uh, do this, uh, pull this off and stuff, you know. I I guess to be fair, there's I guess there's also the question of how much does the original creators of Gundam uh, Sunrise, right? Yeah. Uh, They, I think they said they are are overseeing stuff. Yeah, like how much uh, they're willing to, like, okay, like you know, like we we want you guys to get this right or whatever, you know, like how much input they have over whatever Mm -hmm. going on here. So I don't know. Uh, The Netflix angle is definitely, I guess, interesting because I. Because I think it's more of a, like, how are they gonna market this, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like uh, I don't know, like, because sometimes Netflix has a tendency to just market things in odd ways, right? How so? Uh, I mean, not to not to like bring in like a weird uh, side tangent, but I think there was a when it, when it came to that uh, film cuties. I think oh, the description, like the yeah. early description, was oh like a boy. little was a little too like weird, and like a lot of people got angry about the the, the way it was being described. So they essentially <laughs> had to change it. Granted, I don't know, like, like I, I'm not entirely sure that will necessarily apply to like you know how they handled uh, the live action Gundam film. But yeah, I don't but, know.
0: But to be fair, that that movie was gonna get hated. No matter what,
1: I mean the the premise alone and the way it it, it was done uh, is very it was very divisive. I mm-hmm. will say that I, I haven't watched the movie because I I don't want to be put on an FBI blacklist or anything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We don't we don't talk about that. Yeah, but, but, uh, I don't know, Danny. What do you think? Is is, is it being on Netflix going to be a hindrance? Uh, it.
2: Like it just depends, like he said, it depends if either is Netflix funding the film or are they distributing? And, um, mm-hmm. knowing Legendary, uh, it most likely, but in this case, probably, um uh, it is probably going to be uh, distributed by Netflix. So, you know, the, the only money they're putting in there is just, you know, the exclusivity deal. That's about it. So they're still working everything on their own. So hopefully that's the case because Netflix, um, uh, I mean, they, they can make good movies, it's just that, you know, like, uh, Whenever uh they create like big action films like that, you know, their budget's not as big like the others.
0: Yeah, no. And heck it's not that it's not like the first time they ever distributed a film. Remember they distributed the Fullmetal Alchemist movie.
1: Yeah, they did do that. That's true. Yeah.
2: And Yeah, and then uh that Eric Gondre movie, uh Bad Trip, that was supposed to be in theaters, but you Know, uh, the pandemic happened, so they pay to you know to uh distribute it on their platform instead.
0: Yeah, you're right. The and it's it's kind of tragic, really, that you know, due to current events, yeah, that they, they couldn't really do the Eric Andre movie justice and just had to put it on Netflix. I mean, I don't get me wrong, I would love to see this in like, um live at and like the big screen, but I feel like you kinda I get it. I get it. It's my my thing though is is that you have to market the hell out of it because like let me ask you guys this, okay? This is where and is where I'm going with. If it wasn't for me or uh you actively looking at Gundam, how how often do you find, you know, People knowing Gundam. Uh,
2: not that much. I think you're the only person I know personally that likes Gundam a lot. You know to talk about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> and <laughs> we, we Gundam fans are like hermits, man. We're out there. You just you just got to find us. And it's kind of like, but that's what I'm saying because like Gundam is. Is a, it's gonna be a hard sell, especially for the Western audience, because not many people know them, and if they do know them, they only know it for one iteration. One or one or maybe two iterations, which is like Gundam Wing or Seat. Maybe I yeah, like the classic system. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe like a, the, the classic
2: Gundam that everyone knows, yeah.
0: Yeah. And like even then it's still just big giant robots go burr, kind of thing. Like, I think the closest time we ever seen. A big impact is again. I mean, we all saw it. Radio Player One when he should when the OGR seventy eight came out.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was. I mean, mm-hmm. it was definitely yeah. like made into like like I guess the a highlight of the film essentially. Like they made they definitely made it sort of like a big deal kind of moment mm-hmm. in the film. Uh So I mean, but no one reacted to it. It's funny because I feel like that might have been like a pre pre tense precursor to. Like legendary getting the rights because legendary made Ready Player One right with Warner Brothers. Was
0: it? I guess to double check that.
2: Like I'm like yeah, it was with Warner
0: Brothers.
1: Yeah, it was legendary and Warner Brothers uh, making made the movie. Uh, so I mean I don't know. Like I always like n- learning that the Le- legendary got the rights to ma- to to a Gundam to make a Gundam film. I always assumed oh it was. Def- I- I'm guessing it's because they th- they felt like either sunrise or legendary themselves were like, Hey, a lot of people actually kind of like that moment. Why don't we just, uh, you know, make, make a live action gun, movie then. <laughs> I mean, I, and you know, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Right.
0: Uh, they were not part of the production companies. Oh really? No, it was just wonder brothers. It was wonder brothers, Amblin partners, Amblin entertainment, village roadshow pictures, the line pictures, films and management
1: okay i mean i guess amblin yeah because it was spielberg directing and that's his uh, Mm -hmm. production company uh but no either way i feel like that might i guess i guess that just means that i think sunrise might have been like hey people actually kind of like that moment why don't we just chop around the gundam rights to actually get Mm -hmm. somebody to make a movie
0: yeah and i like i said no one would like it was a big moment for the gundam fans but i didn't see many people who were
1: non-gundam fans be like
0: Yay! Cool. I'm like,
1: oh. Well, I mean, to be fair, how many fucking people were like, "Oh, look, it's the Iron Giant." I love that movie. Remember how much movie that movie? Remember how much the Iron Giant made at theaters? That's right. Damn.
0: I'm just saying that Man, movie they... hurt me so. He's not wrong though. They did. They did treat. They they did do uh, Iron Giant dirty. They they. My God. Yeah. I guess. I hate how the
2: Iron Giant now is just for WB just to flex like hey look at all these cool light piece we have it's,
1: it's like hey 90s kids remember this movie that we made and bombed but you still like because it's like a cult classic thing here's the one and only chance it gets to shine right hmm. we're not making anything with it it's just here to pander to you you <laughs> i mean to be fair though i the only i think the only reason they had the iron giant in the uh, ready player one was because it was supposed to be uh ultraman right no it was, that was for the Gundam one really yeah could have sworn it was a, uh, either like either way, like I think like the Iron Giant was there to was there for something, mm-hmm. like it was meant it was there to like replace something or whatever because they didn't get the rights to something for
0: it. Probably Voltron or something like that. Maybe I don't know. No, that, that, that would have been cool to see Voltron.
1: I mean, it, it, Voltron does have a uh, ha, had an American a Western presence at least. I'm pretty sure there's probably mm. some really old people that are like, oh yeah, I remember Voltron. That was a show. Yep i mean uh, they have some new
2: fans too thanks to the netflix show too yeah fair,
1: yeah, fair yeah, enough, fair yeah enough. yeah fair enough. yeah i was gonna mention that as well. yeah i mean like
0: the reason i say like that they're the market is like gundam isn't popular in the west they've sunrise the companies over in japan sunrise and bandai have been trying their hardest to like market like over here in the states and i don't know whether or not it's because a lot of anime fans are just not that into mecca anymore but it's just like it, you know, Gundam has never really resonated with a lot of people. They said for maybe like one or two shows. Now, if you go to maybe the East, they didn't. They love it over there.
1: I mean, yeah, I get, I guess I get what you mean by that. Like, because remember when they
0: they promoted counter Counterattack for like the twentieth the anniversary of its release, and how I'm... many people showed up for that movie?
1: Well, I mean, doesn't it, I mean yeah like I, that kind of just happens with i think a lot of re-releases though right mm-hmm. but uh yeah i don't know it's I, yeah i guess it is I, I get i get what you mean because mm-hmm. like i guess in theory well not well like there's only like because like there was like only one period of time where i guess the west was really into gundam and that was during like gundam wing or whatever mm-hmm. but then uh like i guess you know they just i don't know like either because of because i don't know because i feel like you know, like there's a lot of Gundam properties that are good, mm-hmm. right? Like that. Just for whatever reason, it just, I guess, just doesn't appeal as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess, I don't know. It's interesting. Like,
0: I'm not trying to sound bitter, but it's more like, like Daniel. Imagine if they made another Speed Racer movie, and like, you know, they and you know they had to market it well because there's not that many people that still know about Speed Racer. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, like, you're not bitter about it, but you just know.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, it's a very old anime, and then whenever people. Yeah, even whenever you bring it up, you're either going to get a reaction like, what? Or, oh, yeah, that really old, cheesy anime with a bad dubbing and lip syncing.
0: Yeah, but that's what made it so good. (laughs) That's what made it so good. (laughs) It's what made it so good.
1: But yeah, yeah, I. No, I think. Uh, yeah, I think you are right, like, but it like, definitely needs, like, a big marketing budget, and I think I mean, even, like yeah, I think it could, like, maybe work mm-hmm. that way, because, I mean there's a lot of things that, well, I think the only thing I can think of at the top of my head that was saved by marketing, to to a certain degree, was uh, funny enough, Fire Emblem, like not to go on to another weird tangent, but I think Awakening, Fire Emblem Awakening, was supposed to be the last one if it didn't make enough sales. And it's often credited as saving the series because, you know, it actually blew up, like, really big in the West Mm because it was never that big in the West until Awakening came out. And I think part of the reason was Nintendo actually gave them a fucking marketing budget. Like, I remember, I think, back in the day, like, uh, there was actually uh, fucking ads on YouTube like, you know, mm-hmm. doing the whole accolades thing where, like, mm-hmm. 9 out of 10 or whatever from IGN or some shit. And it's like, like, oh, what do you know? Like, they actually decided to give this game a marketing budget. Mm-hmm. I, mean, yeah, like, I
2: do I do remember it being one of the few uh, video games that did have an advertising, uh, you know, throughout TV. I would remember, like, it, it's i went around watching Adult Swim at night, I would see a commercial for Fire Emblem Awakening. It's like, oh, shit.
1: Yeah, and I think... I mean, honestly, if that, if that, I mean, if you can, I guess if you work for video games or stuff like that, then I feel like, then yeah, like I guess if I, get, I'm assuming Netflix and Legendary are gonna work out like a marketing deals and stuff. As long as they can like push that stuff, and like get in front of a lot of views, maybe like spend money on like a Super Bowl ad, you know, it might, it might help out.
0: I don't know why, but you, uh, this is another tangent, but this 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 correlates. You can look this up on YouTube. Um, for those of you who know, yes, I'm a Gundam fan. I said a thousand times over. Uh, but I also like to build the model kits. Back in, like, I would say the early 2000s, they had this very cheesy, like, really, like, what the fuck, like, ad for... Because they try they're trying to sell the model kits in the U.S. And, it's just, and they would do it like, I built uh, this Gundam right here, level 5. I'm a little five builder. And I'm like, what?
1: Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's like,
0: I and mean, it's like that 90, like grunge kind of cutting, like, like that cuts to, to a bunch of things. It's in a dark like room. O-D and the like, edge. <laughs> Yeah. It's like
1: that. And I'm just like, what is going on here? That reminds me of, like, I guess some of the early commercials for like, the Yu-Gi-Oh! card game. Yeah, it was a yeah. bunch of fucking kids in, like, a some, like, warehouse, and they're, like, trying to be all cool and stuff. It's like, blue eyes, white dragon, you know?
0: It's like, yeah, it's like that. Yeah. And, and like, they're, they're posed so horribly, and, like, they're all leaning forward. I'm just like, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> I, I showed it to some of my, my other Gundam fans, and they're like, what is this? I love it. It's so cringe. uh, Yeah, no, marketing, I feel like it's going to be needed. Um, Netflix, I feel like it's, I'm not saying it's a bad place, but I feel like because it's on Netflix, you got to market the hell out of it then.
1: I mean, yeah, I guess. I I guess to be fair, like, I mean, I guess if we've learned anything from a lot of movies, I guess, coming out on streaming services due to, I guess, current events, uh, it's not exactly a bad um, business model. Mm-hmm. Right, because like I said before, I think uh, I mean Netflix. This isn't the first time. It, like at least Netflix has done something like this. I mean, I think The Irishman did like actually really good on Netflix, because I think it was like both on Netflix and maybe they released some theaters. I'm not sure, but was, I could
0: see them doing that for both. Because I would, I would love to see that in in, in the big screen.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know
2: they really do that sometimes. Like they'll show like a, a limited screening in theaters.
0: Now that'd be dope.
1: Yeah. But I think you know, like I, I, I think streaming, I put publishing, putting, uh, like these big sort of large movies on Netflix is definitely sort of, uh, at least from other studios and stuff. I think can work. It just it just needs to be you know mm-hmm. properly uh, done, I guess. Yeah, and also I guess good word of mouth and stuff.
0: Yeah, because I feel like if you're that's what Netflix is like. So,
1: not a lot of netflix shows survive is word of mouth social media and stuff i mean then mm-hmm. again you get shit like that uh winx club uh gritty dark remake that came out the first day and somehow warrants it's now warranting a second season or whatever i have yet to see that i want to see how bad it is <laughs> I don't like. Like, Just
2: go watch this guy on YouTube. Uh, his name is Billy. Um, he did a video on it. Oh, that's the reason I'm uh, watching
1: it. I saw that video. That's the reason. (laughs) I I I just I don't. It's like you can see me suffer. It's okay. I mean, I don't want to. That's 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 too far. That's far too much suffering for you. I don't. Yeah, but I've never seen the original show either. Yeah, but I think it's more of a maybe. That's why the original Avatar creators stop working with netflix to make a live action and i I feel like at
0: that point because i know what you're talking about because there's a a lot of talks about the live action avatar was supposed to be might have been a little dark and gritty which is like kind of counterintuitive to what avatar is uh the last airbender that you know if i guess it does go down to like how if if netflix is a part of this is it just distribution rights or are they having a hand in it? If they're having a hand in it, I'm kind of I'm gonna be a little worried. If it's just distribution, I'm gonna be I'm I'm okay because you just you're just selling me the stuff. I'm fine with that, right? Oh man, speaking of which, um, so let's let's move on to like predictions, I guess, and not predictions, but like hopeful optimism and maybe some light skepticism. But let's start off with a little positive before we go to the negative what's something that you guys would want to see from this live action anime
1: uh from the live action Gundam uh, i mean cuz i, I cuz i think the other thing that i've heard at least we don't exa- we don't know like what the plot will be other than like i guess the plot synopsis so far is that it has something to do with uh the titular Gundam yeah, like you know that the the original Gundam timeline or whatever, uh, the Universal Century stuff. So I mean, I guess if anything, I I, I'll, I guess I'll say something that probably will work with whatever. Uh, I would like them to like actually go like full like all out like pre- like because uh, like Pacific Rim style with the cockpits where. Because, you I mean, in Pacific Rim, they made the whole freaking, that whole, like, weird, like, stage thing for the, the mm-hmm. cop picks of the Jaegers, right? I, and I kind of want something similar to that. But obviously, because, you know, it's only, like, one person piloting the Gundam and stuff, and, and the other mobile suits. It's just, it'll probably be on, like, a smaller scale. You know, they're usually sitting down. Yeah, they're usually sitting down. But, like, you, I would like them to, like, be essentially, like, just have a camera. Like, not a camera, but, like, be able to film in, like, that sort of area because i mean that happens a lot in you know in the animes and stuff where you get where you're in the cockpit and stuff mm-hmm. and i and i would like to at least have that and not just have it be like just a dude in a, in a chair slightly if, so, so, squiggling left and right it, while everything else around them is a green screen no i want an actual like physical like stuff they're having to pull and do all that stuff and press some buttons and shit i kind of want that fair enough like like i mean. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that'd be fucking cool to see. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, without without really retaining the plot stuff, because I don't really, I, like, I want more information on the plot first before I can say I want these are the plot expectations I want, right? Okay,
0: I plot wise, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> they keep insinuating that's going to be taking place in the original timeline. I'm not. I don't think I'm going to go into the whole, you know, lore of Gundam. Because I would be here for a good hour, and we're already like forty minutes in. Mm-hmm. So, they—they—it's either we're adapting the original series for film, which I guess you can just remake the the trilogy films, I guess, or like it's set somewhere in between point A and point D of the timeline. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, and I—and I'm with you. I don't I. I need to know what this is about. Yeah. <laughs> cuz you're either adapting it because it's either three things. You either adapting it, placing it somewhere in the timeline or it's an entire original story.
1: Yeah, cuz I mean if it if it is an entirely original story, then I mean, you know, you can kind of get away with it. Yeah, you can just go boss the walls like I mean, there's been tons of different Gundams that are their own separate story like, you know, that are like not associated with the original. Yeah, you know, there's G Gundam that's like
0: a mix of Street Fighter and Dragon Ball Z, but with giant freaking robots.
1: Yeah, like you can just go all out. I can see Daniel's one. eyes going like, "What?" Yeah, you can just go all out <laughs> with that stuff. It's an original story.
0: No, I'm serious. Daniel. It's just it's like it's literally <laughs> Street Fighter mixed with God, uh, Dragon Ball Z with with Gundam. Go ahead. Like, which one was this
2: one? Because I, I probably won't have to look at this one
0: now. <laughs> it's G Gundam. It's the one with the tequila Gundam.
2: I wanted to bring that up, too. It's like, there's one thing I want to see is that uh, I don't want, like, all the Gundam, you know, suits to be all similar. I want them to be unique and different to their own. And mm-hmm. I'd want to see the the, uh, the Mexican Gundam, the tequila one.
0: Oh, yeah, no. I, I know what you, what you mean. And I think that's one <laughs> of the good things, because, like, John, um I'm um, up I, I keep forgetting this man's name. Um if he ever watches this, I apologize. I, I don't mean to disrespect his, disrespect you but not remember your name. Jordan Vaught Roberts. Um he I mean if you, you can look up his like the art he has for the Metal Gear movie, he wants to stay like you know traditional to the style. But I can totally see them like going crazy with the designs, but still, you know, adhere to like how a gun was supposed to look. Or you know, just have the same colors.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: yeah, no. Um, I mean, what I like to see is like, i I'm, for one, I want you to hold hold on to the idea that of it's a war story of two di- where it, you focus on two different aspects of the war, two viewpoints, and you're there, It's just the soldiers, and, and you know, whether it be a child soldier or a grown up, you know. Show the the brutal, you know, just the harshness of what war could be. I don't know. Maybe maybe you're planning a, like a franchise, like a trilogy. Maybe just make the first one kind of like light-hearted and fun, and then make the make the next few ones like, oh man, these are downers. Oh Jesus, I'm about to. I need a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kind of stuff. Now, I mean, that's all I would have done. Like, make the first one like, like you know, a new hope. You know, light, fun, kind of stuff. Then you get to like the Empire Strikes Back, where you're like, holy shit, that was fucked up. Mm. You know, that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's, and it's even funny because I've seen people, I remember seeing a comment on on Twitter of people saying, like, I don't want to be political. And I'm like, have you been watching Gundam? (laughs) Gundam is nothing but political.
1: I mean, like, the main antagonist of, like, the first series is literal space Nazis. I don't know what to tell you. Like, like they literally say, instead of, you know, doing, like, the Nazi salute, they go Zeon. Z like, yeah. it's one word away from, you know, the other thing. So.
0: They were heavily inspired by World War II. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's all political. And like whether you know you want to go full political or just light political, you know, it's a, it's fine. I feel like you get as long as you get these characters who are dealing with the aspect of war, because that's what the original series was. You know, Amro Ray, our main character, was a kid in war. He had his PTSD moments. He had, he was there are moments where he would just literally sit in his bed and be like, "I just killed someone." Like, I know they're inside a robot, and not to think about it, but like. I just saw someone die. Someone just died in my arms. I'm 15. I shouldn't be dealing with this. Very <laughs> much so, yeah. Why is no one talking <laughs> to me, Captain Bright? Why are you slapping me in the face three times already? I promise I'll get on the robot. Just stop slapping me.
2: It's like get the fucking robot, or else he goes into the robot.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no.
2: Sorry, gotta put a Evangelion
0: reference there. I mean, that's where, that's where it originated from. Like It's like, you either get in the robot or I'll slap the shit out of you.
1: Yeah, except <laughs> in Ava's case, it was like, get in the robot, Shinji, or I'll make this cute anime girl get in there. And she's obviously fucked up. It's like, goddamn, it, fine, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> just love me, dad. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's always going to be a fodder figure with these mech series. Yeah, you know. I just started to realize that a lot of very popular mech series always involve like father issues.
1: I mean, you gotta you gotta have something to do in, in the in the genre mm-hmm. There's gotta be some issues. Yeah,
0: no, yeah, but um, mm-hmm. that, that, I mean, that's what I hope to see. I don't know. Uh, I think Daniel, Dan, you're right. As long as they keep to the the idea of the story, it's fine. Um Joey, again, I think we all agree. We just need to know what this is gonna be about. Because if it's like set in the universe, I think it's going to be a little more critical from the fans. If it's adapting it, we'll still be critical, but really we won't be as mad. No, we'll still be mad. If it's its own little thing, its own universe, and if it's
1: bad, we'll just like... We just don't acknowledge it. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, it's just a bad Gundam show or the Gundam property. Okay, we can just put that in the corner. And we'll just focus on all the other good stuff. It'd
0: be the Zilla of of the gods
1: of the Gundam movie. It'd be, yeah, the Godzilla, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. So, yeah. You're
0: like, it's there. We'll acknowledge it, but we're just not going to talk about it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. About
0: it. So, what are the things that um make you guys, makes you guys worried about this kind of thing? Like something like you guys don't want to happen. You know. You know what? What? Could, what should these people avoid?
1: I think it was a point either you or Daniel made earlier, where uh, uh, where it shouldn't just be like just giant robots just fighting each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like there there has to be like a human, like I guess it's it's, it's it has to be like a human element of uh, you know of the war stuff, you know. Mm. And you know that's sort of like the mixture of the two. Because as much as as much as you know Gundam does sort of do uh, like cool robot fights and stuff like that. There's still the element of like, uh yeah, I know war kinda sucks for everybody, mm-hmm. right? So I think just trying to like get that right balance, uh, is something they should do and not try to go full on like like don't 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 turn it into Transformers. <laughs> don't turn it into Michael Bay Transformers where everything's about the robots and there's no subtlety or nuance or anything like that. Where it's like, oh, I'm only here to watch like the the ten minute uh, like the the action sequences and that's it, right? I think that's the biggest thing. Don't turn this into Transformers.
0: I remember people jokingly say they should make Michael Bay direct it.
1: <clears throat> I remember, I'm not sure if this was a, uh, it, I'm not entirely sure if this was like real or if it was a joke, but there were some people that were like, uh, they should get Michael Bay to direct uh, Ava Evangelion. No. <laughs> that was a joke dude uh, I, I hope the no. it was a joke cause you know that is just not the right combo
0: also considering the subtext there is in Ava no
1: I, Michael uh,
2: oh yeah no, no 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 there's some scenes that uh,
1: yeah uh, I feel like let's just leave it like that <laughs> yeah it because, you know, how they, cause I guess... It, well, no, nah, I'm not going to say it. I, I was going to make a joke about the, the their suits or whatever they get in. Oh, no, please don't. I feel like Michael J. Bay would be like, what are you talking about? I'm just filming this like like how I normally film stuff. Stop. Stop stopping Michael.
0: <laughs> you know, it, anyways. I mean, like, I feel like some people would be like, make it like um, Pacific Rim, but I feel like even Pacific Rim's characters are very... They're one note but cool. it made sense for
1: yeah because For- was it was a, uh, because that whole movie was sort of a uh it's kind of just a love letter to it's uh, a lot of stuff that uh guillermo toro liked as a kid right mm-hmm. so yeah you know,
2: mechs and kaijus
1: yeah here like gundam is definitely is 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 the mech show that definitely sort of like Let's talk about these things. Let's talk about these issues, right? It's definitely yeah. one of the first that does that stuff. Yeah,
0: it was. It's what made it so important back in back in like late seventies, early eighties, because like a lot of the mech animes that were at the time were these kid friendly, you know, Power Ranger esque magical robots. You know, mm-hmm. they. It was always like this sort of fun, you know. Hey, you know, we're just a bunch of kids piling robots doing like little funny stuff. But like Gundam was like, no, if <laughs> let's put let's put these kids in war. And like let's actually talk about, you know, what war does to people. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was that's what made it like so um well renowned at the time. And that's why it's been like ironically spawning so many different like iterations that are they either still follow that theme or just have a lot of fun with the with the action scenes. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Dan? What's something you, that you feel like they should try to avoid?
2: Let's see. I don't know. I think we all said it too. Like, make sure it's not just the robots, you know, fighting each other all the time. I mean, mm. it's fun, but there's also a human aspect to it as well. And also just uh, try to avoid a whole big fight scene, you know, just for the 10 minutes. You know, that's the biggest highlight of the film. Mm. That and you know, again, make each, uh, make each make each suit like as uh, you know, it's a unique thing. Don't make it you know, so generic where everyone like look, looks so similar, it's just a different color representing what the, their army they're from or whatever, like that.
0: Well, I mean, that's I kind of agree with what you're saying, but there's also like aspects of the grunt suits, like at least make mm-hmm. the grunt suits like recognizable and not just like I'm gonna bring in, I'm gonna bring up Transformers again. Did, don't just make them all look like Megatron.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, a lot of those Decepticons are gray and, like, are just gray. Just different shades of gray, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, even, mm-hmm. Li- like, the Autobots are at least slightly distinguishable. Like, I can tell that's Optimus. I can tell that's Bumblebee. But when it came to, like, the Decepticons, it's like, we're all just gray now. Yep. Like... At least the first movie kind of avoided that and gave some of the Decepticons some colors, right? But the rest of them is like, nope, we're all gray. Everything's gray. You're mm-hmm. gray. I'm gray. And it's like, yeah. I like, like it. There's a reason why people remember the characters from Transformers and the toys because they were different colors. There's like three different variations of like, like Jet, like transforming Decepticons. And the only reason you can tell them apart because they look the fucking same is because they're different colors.
0: Yeah, Starscream was red, blue, and
1: was it white? No, gray. Gray, yeah, and yellow. I uh, use he, he had yellow in there. There's, there's, I think Thundercracker who's like blue, in yellow, mm-hmm. and I forgot the, the other one. I think it's Skywarp or something. I don't know. But uh, anyways, yeah, yeah. But like
0: to to, to to to
1: to add to Daniel and also to y'all. I mean, like the Grunt seats are
0: usually one color, but their designs are very recognizable. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. this, they're like you guys can Google this up. Uh, type in zaku z a k u and that's like the definitive like grunt suit of the of like the Gundam universe and it's like one of the more iconic designs cuz it's just so simple yeah and easily distinguishable and then you get the goofs which is one of my favorites with the g o u f it's like really awesome looking and then you get the and they're always blue but they're really cool looking
1: Yeah, like, the blue means that they're more powerful. Yeah. (laughs) You son of a
0: bitch. (laughs) But, um, I mean, for me, it's, like, I feel like what they need to avoid is just, like, trying to be too much, like, the past, you know, giant robot movies. You know, don't be too much like Pacific Rim. Don't be, like, like Transformers. Because that's what we want to avoid. Because, like, how many times when people like see like a a mech anime they're like oh it's just transformers right no you gotta show them this is not transformers
1: yeah i mean to be fair michael bay transformers aren't even like regular transformers because i mean the, the show's transformers is definitely like a different type of transformers yeah right yeah, because there's like
2: I think you can set the blame to that to maybe Voltron, because they they're each their own suits, and then later on they form together to form a giant robot.
0: Yeah, and it's like like the thing that distinguished like Gundam from these other animes at the time was that they were all all these like I said earlier, they're all kind of kid friendly. Gundam was the one Joey said it that really like put like asked questions and had answers. And, like, really emphasize character. You know, no one fucking remembers
1: Shadow of the Boss' character. He was just kind of... I guess he's, like, the everyman kind of thing. He's just very sort of neurotic. And I mean, they drop him for, like, the later movies, probably because, A, they didn't want to get him back, and, B, they just, like, eh, whatever. No one cares. Yeah. And
0: how many people care about Matt Damon's
1: character? You
0: mean...
2: You mean Mark Wahlberg? Damon.
1: Yeah, Mark Wahlberg. God damn it! Yeah, that's that's racist. I wouldn't say that. I'd say that's stupidity. No, no, no. You you confuse two different white dudes. We're not going there. (laughs) And, like...
2: (laughs) Matt Damon.
1: (laughs) No, like,
0: it's... But, like, you know, no one really cared about it. It was just, like, you know, giant robots doing whatever. Gundam, you can't do that, you know. With, With Pacific Rim, there was a little bit of a political message in there but it wasn't really as enforced as much as it was like you know it's like pollution and stuff like that yeah because that's what caused the Kaisers to come out was like our own abundance of pollution and global warming
1: and if you don't believe me it really just look that up i mean like i'm pretty sure charlie day's character literally just said outright says that the, the pollution of the planet just accelerated the Whole kaiju plan because the whole kaiju because I mean, you know they're, they're they're created by aliens from another dimension that mm-hmm. come, that are trying to like take over Earth and like get rid of all of those species because you know I think the kaiju blood's poisonous and stuff and it's supposed to kill off things mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. and like friggin Charlie Day's character is literally just like you know our pollution like just supercharges it right and mm-hmm. like it allows them to just do it at a faster rate now mm-hmm. therefore we're fucked. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it's like, it's a cool message. I am totally down for that. And then it, it's kind of like, you know, forgotten by the second movie and like later on bits of the first. But in Gundam, you can't really do that. <laughs> like you're in war. I feel like, and that's what I'm saying. Like they shouldn't avoid the topical things. Um, as much as people will say they don't want to see anything topical about it. I'm like, no, Gundam is topical. Unless you're doing build fighters or whatever where you just build the robots and then the little tiny, you know, model kits. Put them in a the machine. Let's fight. That's the only time that's allowed not to be as political or over the top. Yeah. know, that's me. Uh, <laughs> but no. Um, actually, you know what we didn't discuss. That I'm surprised we didn't talk about should uh, Should they have a all Asian cast? Uh, you know, you know how you know how the whole whitewashing thing was a thing. You think? Do you think we're gonna get that with this movie?
1: I know, but I. It's a bit interesting because. From what, like, from uh, from I understand from Gundam is that oftentimes, like, like especially the original series, oftentimes it's very sort of like there's like not everyone's Asian, <laughs> like, cause like the whole setting at least from the original Gundam series is that it's it's a there's a unified Earth government, the Earth Federation or whatever, and uh, and people live in space colonies and stuff. And, uh, I mean, like, there's not a whole lot of, like, there's, like, Char is definitely, like, white. He has blonde hair and blue eyes. He's, he's not Asian at all. Mm. His name isn't even, like, an Asian name. (laughs) Right? Like, there's, there's clearly characters that are, like, obviously Asian, and there's clearly characters that are, you know. At least ambiguous. Ambiguous, and there's always, there's characters that are, like, just full-on white. Right? Mm. So, I don't. Mm like again if it if it was a uh like honestly like again if it's adapting the original series um there might be some of that but there's a fair amount of characters that obviously aren't that are that are obviously like a- asian and uh, and there's other characters that are obviously like like clearly not clearly not right there's a character named rio jose now, uh, granted, to be fair, like, like, Jose, yeah, I know that's, that's Mexican, but who, first of all, like, like, I, I'm just saying, like, it just...
0: I've never heard a, a person of Latin descent have the first name Ryu. And,
1: and his last name be Jose. Yeah. Like, you're just like, what? <laughs> but, but, uh, either, either way, right? Uh... I feel like it's one of those where it's like it's hard. Like mm-hmm. I don't like it, like. There's probably gonna be some people that talk about it, but most people, especially I think Gundam fans, are gonna be just fine with it. I mean, I was
0: gonna I would say that like one of the main characters from one of the iterations of Gundam, who, despite going by a Japanese name, Setsuna FSA, is actually Middle Eastern. He like he's Middle Eastern descent, and his real name is Soran Ibrahim.
1: So, like... I mean, Middle East is technically Asia, so...
0: Well, yeah, I'll, if I want to go with that, Laurent Sheck, who, I mean, is born on the moon, but, like, he's clearly of a darker complexion.
1: Right, yeah. But, you know, I... I also, Bernie, from
0: the, uh, War in the Pocket, he is clearly white. I can go on. I, I can fight this all day. I mean i'm not, argue- I'm, not, I'm, not I know. I'm not
1: i'm not i'm not saying like you know but like, i i'm not arguing against yeah i'm not either. arguing against it either i'm just I'm like I all i'm saying is that it could go either way like yeah, yeah yeah, like i mean i think it's one of it's it's one of those where it's like like okay i can kind of see why some people would be upset about this but i think most gundam fans would be like okay i understand like yeah. if if they if they don't do it like a full Asian cast, where it's like, oh no, I mean, yeah. I totally get why
0: you made Amuro a chick. Cause it really it, it, it doesn't.
1: She's gonna go through this. It's gonna happen the same way. She's gonna go through the same stuff. I mean, I, I guess. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. But uh, yeah. Like, I mean, listen. If you brought up the same question to me if we were talking about a JoJo Part One adaptation, I'd be like, the man's name is literally Jonathan Joestar, who lives in eighteen hundreds. England. How the fuck are you going to turn them Asian? <laughs>
2: <laughs> now
0: you got anything to say about that?
1: I mean,
2: yeah, it just depends on the context. If they're making their own thing, uh, I doubt they have to worry about that, but if they were following like a specific story from a series, then maybe against, like you said, some are made obvious, some are uh, ab- ambiguous. It just depends how it goes. Alright,
0: what about the JoJo uh, statement? Uh, I mean, it really shouldn't matter because again, like
2: they're British, and uh, I think the only time they, they would have to worry about getting an Asian actor was for that one specific scene where uh, Dio wants to see like this Chinese, uh, I think it, I think the medicine guy or whatever, like uh, yeah, was selling yeah. Poison.
1: yeah, yeah, that guy. See, I thought it was gonna to lead to a bigger joke, but I was wrong. But either way, it's fine. <laughs> Listen, we don't have to worry about uh, Asian representation once we get into part three, right? Because Jotaro is obviously J- Japanese. He's half. He's half, you know, white half Japanese. He, uh, you know, fair enough, fair enough. We don't
0: have to yeah. worry about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so just to end uh, end this conversation, because uh, I'll be honest, this is a very good one. This is a very good conversation. Um, let me ask you. Let me ask this one last question to you guys. And then we'll we'll be signing off. If this is done, do you guys think this could be the first? And I'm gonna be knocking on wood when I ask this question. Do you think this is gonna be the first good Hollywood anime adaptation? I'm knocking on wood right now.
1: I mean, technically, uh, Edge of Tomorrow is is a good one, right? Is is that yeah do we agree on tomorrow. that or? <laughs> is is that technically I mean I, I guess to be fair it was, it was it, uh, did, like uh, the original like all you need is kill didn't have an anime adaptation mm-hmm. so it's more of a manga thing this one is sh- Gundam would be straight up like full anime to live action because mm-hmm. yeah. if we're talking about that then I mean clearly Death Note very very good very successful I mean like clearly right like the best. Damn, I can feel the eyes like stabbing you. <laughs> uh, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. No, obviously, that that was a joke. Um, to answer your question, I mean, potentially, I, I think yeah, because I think just from uh like, if they can nail down a lot of the uh, the war themes and aspects, then I think yeah, this could potentially, this could potentially be like one of the few actually good anime adaptation live action Mm. adaptations right like because even like i don't know i guess worst case scenario people like it just because of the giant robot fights and that's it right Mm -hmm. like and you know which I, i mean you know probably would be kind of like that kind of sucks territory for probably some hardcore gundam fans but you know but either way, I think yeah, I, de- I definitely think it has the the the, the potential to mm-hmm. like be a really good adaptation.
0: All right. What about you, Dale?
1: Let's see. Would it
2: be the first good anime movie? No, because that title belongs to Speed Racer.
0: All right. Do you think it could beat Speed Racer?
2: <laughs> it it has it has a there's a good chance it could you know be better than Speed Racer though. <laughs> I will admit.
0: Hmm. I mean, like, I mean, when again, well, like, yeah, no. Yeah, no, no like
2: no. again, like, there's also other films out there. Like we just brought up Edge of Tomorrow. There's also Alita: Battle Angel that right. I heard was pretty good as well.
0: Hmm. I guess I would say, what Do you think would be the the most f- commercially successful one?
1: Ooh. That's. I mean, yeah, it's difficult to say. Mm-hmm. Like. Like, i feel like in movie? terms of i don't know it, it might be difficult to, go, to to determine that just because it's coming to netflix <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I'm again, just in case. Uh, i mean would because... you count uh
2: detective pikachu though as uh one of those films i mean it's based off a of video game but you know it's all anime series and all that kind of crazy stuff
1: yeah I heard... yeah I, I mean i heard it was it was it was it was solid mm-hmm. um but, I mean I don't know it's it's interesting right like I I can like I don't know I think the main difference in terms of like saying that it's commercially successful is that obviously like I mean the the big crux of this is that it's being released on Netflix and the the metrics of sub, uh, of showing of what is a success on Netflix is usually just sort of like how many fucking people watch this shit mm-hmm. right how many people tuned in and watched this stuff right uh which i think probably because uh, we're not gonna obviously it's not gonna get like uh like box office sales or whatever mm-hmm. like that so in terms of like trying to gauge that as a success potentially right like if it was to if the gundam movie was to be released on like a slow day on netflix when there really isn't much that's that's premiere, but you have this giant like movie that's hopefully hopefully been marketed up the wazoo then you know potentially yeah but mm-hmm. i mean i don't know it's interesting what do you think daniel
2: i mean yeah like uh there's definitely a chance it could be successful again like uh uh on netflix it's probably gonna help a bit because um they love to advertise everything even through youtube and i think it's shown a couple of ads on tv as well mm-hmm so uh, while it may not be in theaters, I still think it might have a chance to be a successful film uh, on streaming mm-hmm. sites, you know, on Netflix.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of cards, a lot, a lot of, a lot of the cards that are on the table for for the live action gun, the movie, are kind of making it seem that this could work. You know, Kong Skull Island is probably one of the, again one of the better of the MonsterVerse films um maybe beating out, maybe losing to Godzilla vs. Kong. You know, and like the writer being well well regarded and the fact that they it, these two people in chart that are you know working on it seem very competent and at least know the source material and are at least fa- and are at least fans of of, of the medium. So like like I said, Jordan Roberts, Jordan Roberts is um, a huge fan of Metal Gear Solid. You can just literally look up the Collider interview, and you can see him gushing. And if he's able to gush over that for something like that, I can totally see him maybe doing a good job uh, on the Metal Gear Solid movie. May- same thing with the Gundam movie. If he is, if he is a, a fan of it, and wants to do it justice. Um, I feel like it ha- has the card. Like, there's the odds are stacked against it, but I feel like it's it's prepared enough to at least withstand a, a beating. If you know what I mean. Okay. I mean,
2: when you think about it, either way, um, it's going to win in the end either way. Because, like, uh, I look at Death Note. We all knew it was bad. And then when people actually watch it, they exaggerated how bad it was. And... Everyone went on Netflix to watch it to see how bad it was, including myself to see. And it was, yeah, pretty bad. So either way, if people hated it, they're going to watch it to see how bad it was. And if they mm-hmm. loved it, they're going to, you know, it's going to spread out fast and they're going to want to watch it and be surprised how good it is.
0: Yeah, no, there's there's a chance for it to 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 come out on top. Um, and now, I mean, honestly, the question is, is this going to be a one-time thing or are they planning to do like a, a trilogy or spinoffs or whatever, because like that's that's I mean, that's the real question, really. Right. Because like as like if I was doing it, I mean I would make the first one like I said I would make it like a little bit like Star Wars. I don't mean like the 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 way Star Wars world is, but more like first one's kind of like really lighthearted hearted and fun. Second one being a little more in the darker area, and then like. Having at least having a competent ending to right. the film, to a trilogy, and like maybe leaving it open to like more to come. That's what I would probably do. But uh, what is we just the to wait and see. Because like Jesus Christ, we still don't know anything. And this movie was announced two years ago. <laughs> with I think at least a year or two years ago, the writer was announced, and we just now got the director.
1: Well, I mean, to be fair, right, this past year has been, you know, rife with uh, various, I think, hurdles that might have uh, impeded some of that uh, pre-production. Just going to point that out. I mean, granted, also, to be fair, when they announced it, all we had was like a teaser image, right? And that was it. <laughs> yeah, there's just
0: literally a, a light going like in a curve with the earth in the background and the sun coming out to make you look like a G. That's all we got.
1: Yeah. So, listen. Hopefully, with uh, with the announcement of the, of, a, of a director, uh, we we might have actually see some some progress in the next uh, couple of months. Just mm-hmm. saying. And I, and I think that's a good place to end it too. It's just like
0: you know the Gundam movie has a chance because in my opinion there's enough material for for you for one you, could, you can adapt it which is fine but if you want to do your own little thing there's enough like material and lore out there for you to borrow and to expand on and you know inspire from and to make it kind of like an MCU movie like where like those movies like Civil War isn't Civil War in the books but it's still like one of the best movies the MCU came out with same thing with Infinity War. Infinity War is not the Infinity War of the books, mm-hmm. but they took everything that worked about it, tweaked it, and made it a really good movie. So I think you can do that with Gundam. And yeah, but you no, know, thanks guys for checking us out. Checking us out, um, taking a chance to listen to basically what I didn't realize would be a really long episode. Well, not not our longest, but a really good a good a good chunk, a good yeah. a good solid hour. Yeah of an episode where we talk about uh, live action Gundam and why I am both excited and very, um, I would say more cautiously optimistic, but now thank you for checking us out. If you like what we use, you know, here, be sure to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at the geeks and Turians. And if you go to our Instagram where we're most likely active, you'll find a link tree to all the pocket insights that we are officially part of like, Apple, po- <clears throat> sorry, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Pandora, all that good stuff. Um, we also have a YouTube account at the Geeksterians, you know, the Geek Insur- where you can, for all you audio listeners out there, you can put a face to the voice, and you know, see how we are. And when you're on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we also have a Patreon, so you can support us in anything we do. There's a lot of stuff that we want to ha- want to do, but you know, we just need a little help from you guys. And yeah, I think that's about it. You know, thanks, Dan, for coming by, and talking about Gundam. Uh, I know you're not that well-versed in it, but thank you for for your input, man. It's been really, really good. Yeah, glad to be here, man. Yeah, enjoy you. You're always you're solid as always. Uh, I guess I do my best. Yeah, you do your best. Uh, so yeah, it's been your boy Eli, and me Joe.
2: It's me, Daniel.
0: And we are League Centurions, and, and we are signing off for this episode. Hopefully, Gundam's going to be okay, at least. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Anyways, guys, yeah, so good one?
2: let's pray to God it's good, and hopefully, that Yakuza movie will be good too.
1: I did not know they're making a Yakuza movie. Are you sure? Yeah. I mean, what if it was funded by the actual Yakuza? That'd be kind of fucking weird, right?
0: Yeah. That'd be funny, <laughs> but <laughs> questionable, but funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, guys, like thanks for checking us out. Uh, have a good one. Uh, see you guys later. We're the S- Exeterians, and we're signing out. Peace.